0: This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to The Fierce and Lovely Podcast. On this podcast, I amplify the feminine voice and curate feminine glory so that you, my listener, find your own fierce and lovely story. It has become somewhat of a sacred journey for me to uncover the stories of women from around the world throughout time and present day. The more fierce and lovely women I explore, the more I fall in love with the one in whose image we reflect. My hope is that in this space, you embrace your own beautifully ordinary life as the majority story most of us are living. Hello and welcome back to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. This is Beth Bruno, your host, and today I have a woman on the show who was so inspiring to me. I know she's going to inspire you as well. Her name is Susie Robb, and she is a single mom who runs her own design business and now a new nonprofit all around the concept of um, storing your home and making it uh, a Redemptive space that you can really enjoy. Out of really the tragedy of her own story, she launched into this new venture, this new phase of life, and she is bringing her fierce and lovely self to the world and to her work. I love hearing about what she's doing. You can learn more about Susie at shopwithsusie.com or head over to 626foundation.org. We're going to get into all of what those two are in the show, so hold on and listen in before I go to my interview with Susie. I just want to thank you listeners, um, those of you who are joining us here each week. And I love seeing your reviews and getting your comments either on Instagram or Facebook or in uh, Apple podcasts where I read reviews. So if you haven't done that yet, would you take a second and go over and do that? I also just want to announce that my husband and I have also started a podcast. Uh, We have all the stuff and we have all of these things to share with people, so we just decided to do our own podcast. It's called The Walking With Podcast, and it is all about conversations at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. Uh, You know that he and I run a counseling center, and so much of our work is for those who are on the front lines of ministry. We have so many pastors and ministry leaders who either are coming through our doors or meeting with people online, and they are frequently asking us questions about how they can walk alongside of others better, maybe without a counseling degree, maybe without a whole lot of training. How can they still care for those in their care? And that's what the podcast is meant for, short, brief conversations, answering questions that we are commonly asked. And all of that is living. Um, It's also on iTunes and Spotify, and we even have a YouTube channel. Uh, You can check out Restoration Counseling, but all of it is living at this place called Rest RestoryLabs.com. And so if you are in ministry or know someone who is, or even want to direct your pastor over to that site, RestoryLabs.com, it's a place where we're just hoping to put together some really beneficial resources for those in ministry coming from our experience, not only in full-time ministry, but now also in counseling for so long. So just a shout out to that new podcast, The Walking With Podcast that my husband and I have launched together. All right, advertisement aside, here's my conversation with Susie Robb. Hi, Susie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. Can you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, My name is Susie Robb. I am an interior designer and a home decor shop owner. Um, I'm a single mom of two kids, and um, I just recently founded a nonprofit. Uh, So now I'm a full philanthropist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you wear a few hats is what you're saying. Yes, very much so. (laughs) And your accent is Texan. Yes. Can you hear it? Oh my gosh. Sorry. Yes, I can hear it. And some people really hear
1: it. And if I'm around my grandmother, it gets thicker. So who knows what, what you're getting today, but yes, I'm from Texas. Um, Definitely. I wasn't actually born here, but I was raised here. It's a big part of my brand. Um, I, as far as a shop owner goes, I love to source local products. We've got a big collection made made in Texas by Texans. Um, I've got a heart for female artisans and kind of staying local. So Texas
0: is Mm -hmm. actually very important to me. Hmm. I love that. For those of us who might never, um, be able to shop with you locally, do you have kind of an online store as well? Actually, we are fully online.
1: We no longer have a brick and mortar, so everyone can shop with us. It's shopfromsusie.com. Um, and you'll find an array of products, like I said, made locally or made by female artisans. Um, I try to keep everything made in America as much as possible. Um, and my goal is to to get to a point where I'm 100% um, sourced and made in the United States, hopefully by the end of this year. So
0: Wow. Oh, I love that. And I love that, that you're supporting other female um, business owners and creatives and artists. Um, what a gift that you are spreading. Can you tell us a little bit more about kind of what how did you end up doing this work what what brought you into um, the design world and owning your own business tell us a little bit about that story
1: okay well um I, I actually don't have any formal training in interior design um, I've just always had a love for decorating and and I'm a creative spirit at heart I used to be a ballet dancer um, but my grandmother is a decorator and so I grew up under I like to say piles of traditional home magazine, Southern Living Magazine, and just learning from her. Um, but the my story actually has to be told um, to kind of go back to a very painful uh, part of my life, but it's a big part of the story. And I think it's worth noting. Um, but I was a, was that a train?
0: Yes, I've I've grown to like not hear the train, but oh, okay. I am right by a train tracks, and that's just going to be a part of the show. I'm not even going to edit that out. So yes, <laughs> that's a train. Keep going. <laughs> okay.
1: um, so I was a, a stay at home mom um, when I went through a very painful divorce, and it was in that time where I was really just crying out to God for. Direction, for wisdom, for guidance. Um, I was raised in this very legalistic religion and dealing with, you know, divorce is wrong. I can't do this. um, I have to stay here. But all the while, feeling very much like I was dying. And um, it was, it was awful. But in the midst of that, I would have these fantasies. And now I know that they were probably more visions, but at the time I thought they were just pipe dreams of owning a a boutique type store. And they became more and more vivid. I would have these uh, visions of me owning a a home decor store. I, I was sitting behind a counter. My kids were older. At the time they were young, they were about I don't even think my daughter was a year old and my son would have been two in this vision. They're older. I'm working at this, at this store. And it really sort of began to become. it started to become, um, a refuge in my own mind. And I would go there mentally, you know, and, and, and just kind of stay in that space. Um, and then I really think it was just through the prayer of so many women around me and God putting the right women in front of me to sort of get me to a place where I said, okay, I think I want to make this happen. Um, and divine appointments left and right. I, I knew that it wasn't wise to just open a business, having no retail experience, having no real formal business ownership experience. And, um, so I thought, you know what, I, I, I think I should work for somebody that's doing this and, you know, look for an apprenticeship. So it was during my, uh, women's Bible study that a friend said, Oh, I know somebody. And sure enough, she had been praying for some part-time help. And, uh, my kids were in mother's day out. I had only eight hours a week to give and she goes, well, I only need eight hours. And I thought, what? <laughs> I mean, it was so just divinely appointed and I cried. And so I, I started working for her, um, shipping boxes, learning the business, And then about a year and a half in, I had worked my way up to kind of warehouse manager. And, um, she said, we, we feel like it's time for us to step out. And we feel like God has said, we're to sell you the business. And I should back up and say that it was during that year and a half working with her and she became a spiritual mentor and having the women around me that I did, um, find the courage and the strength to leave my marriage. So, I had been a single mom for about a year now. And she had said, you know, we feel like it's time and this is time for us to pass the baton to you. So I took it and, um, it'll be two years this month that I've owned it fully. I've rebranded. I started the interior design portion of it because my heart has always loved not just selling the product, but actually using it in spaces. So I started that portion and then, um, again just feeling like these visions right these these ways that God speaks to me and and feeling in my heart that I want to help other people who have experienced some sort of hardship in their life be it divorce or or widowhood or miscarriage or whatever it is um, find hope and joy again in their living spaces and I've got a big heart around that and we can talk more about that but that's kind of in a nutshell, how I am here today. In the process of that, so this is
0: this is all still pretty new. Um, mm-hmm. Two year old mm-hmm. owning of the business, already starting this this nonprofit outworking because that's not only your own experience, it's your heart for other women. Um, wow, Susie! Wow, I've ha- I've had goosebumps for the last. Three minutes that you've been talking. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I know it's pretty incredible to think back. Like it, you know, life always feels so slow to me, and then it, at the same time, I'm like, oh my goodness, what a difference a year makes. What a difference two year makes. You know.
0: Yes. Yes. Definitely. So one. let's talk about the the nonprofit. Let's talk about what it, what your hope is for it. What you're doing with it. Um, how you're able to even run, do a nonprofit with such a young business. Tell me more about that.
1: Okay. Um, well, it's called the 626 Foundation, and it's founded on Matthew 626, which that's the same scripture that was that the shop that I had gone to work for um, all those years ago, part-time, that's what her shop was founded on. And I knew it was important to keep that scripture running through everything I do. Um for the previous owners, it's really a scripture of provision. It's the scripture that says, um, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor store into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? Um, and so their their own story was about provision. And I think we hear that scripture and we think, yes, it's about God providing. But it's actually, to me, the last part. I'm going to try not to get emotional. I didn't expect to get emotional. It's um, Okay where he says, are you not much, are you not more valuable? And so that scripture to me is about worth. It's about self-worth and it's about God's worth or the worth that God puts on you. Um, And so we had started this collection in the shop of faith-based goods and it's called our six, two, six collection. It's a necklace. It's a, it's a couple other things that are very literal faith-based products. Um, And then, In the home on the interior design side of things, I found myself doing more and more projects for people that needed help. They're stuck. They don't know how to decorate. Can you help? But every story—I'm sorry—every person has a story. So what I was finding is, you know, I'm making these relationships with these people whose homes I'm working in, and they're heartbreaking. And really starting to think, you know, I I want to do more, and I wish I had the ability financially to do more. And so I, I was driving in my car and I was kind of praying and talking to God and saying, um, which I guess that is praying. (laughs) And I said, is there like a grant that I could apply for? So I could start like doing these projects because they, a lot of times they can't pay me or I've got to use what they have. And, you know, it's just, it's not really it sounds great, but you know, it, you need some funds to make this stuff. It doesn't happen. pay the bills. Right. No, it doesn't. And so I was praying and asking God, you know, is is there a, a grant or a, or a foundation I could apply for? And I really felt like he said, I want you to start a foundation. And I was like, um, okay. <laughs> All right. So the first part was, is I, I had already had those products um, part of the 626 collection. And I thought, okay, well, I could take proceeds from those products and funnel them into this thing that I'm going to start. And what should I call it? And then it was so obvious on 626 Foundation. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's called. So that was pretty easy. And then, yeah, I've kind of, um, I have a pretty good Instagram following of about 72,000 people. And I was hesitant to tell them because I thought, once I say this, if you speak it, it will happen, you know, and right. I, I better be ready. And we were ready. And I I said, this is what I want to do. And we're going to open it up for donations. And we got some pretty big donations coming in. So that was, again, confirmation from God that this is what he wanted me to do. So we got a wow. website up and running and we take applications at 626foundation.org. We want people to apply that need help. We want people to nominate people who they know that need help we want people to donate, we want people to shop. Um, and then I'm also leveraging my social media influence to try to get as many sponsorships as I can with furniture companies and, you know, different um, manufacturers or contractors to try to get as much of this stuff donated.
0: And so is the, the end product is uh, redesigned, kind of a, a whole new decorated home yep. is it an entire home what, what sorts of things can can women apply for
1: well it depends on really how much we have to work with our resources but you get a fully designed custom designed and fully furnished space at no cost to the homeowner and it's not mm-hmm. financial need based so we actually don't care what your financials look like this is more of um, it's a hope project it comes from my own experience with hating my house. And I don't mean in the sense of, I hate, I hate my house. I hate the paint color and I hate the windows and, you know, and I don't like my sofa, but it was, I think for a lot of people who choose not to talk about it, um, your home can become a prison. It can become a great source of depletion. Um, especially if there's been a tragedy. So, to have a house where you once were married and now your spouse is gone, or to have a child who's no longer there, or whatever it is that has happened, I think there's people that hate coming home. Um, And I really, that resonates with me. And then I also understand the idea of if you can find joy in your house, in your refuge, and in your sanctuary that you live every day. It will give you that jump start to be hopeful for your future. So I'll tell you in a second about this first project and and what that looks like for somebody. But I, for me, it was very much um, recognizing that, you know, a lot of, I think, um, in the home decor industry, it's about make your life, make your space beautiful. But I think there's a spiritual element that's being ignored, and that's well, what if there is a a as, as sadness there, then what? Then then it doesn't matter, you know? It's like that ripples into every area of your life. But if there's joy there and hope there, then you can walk that out into other areas of your life.
0: It sounds so redemptive.
1: It is. It's incredibly redemptive. And I feel like God works the most. He loves redemption. I mean, that's, that's who he is. And this feels like we're redeeming spaces.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, you're writing a new story on behalf of those women. So tell us about the first project.
1: Okay, so the first project, um, she she was nominated uh, by a another woman, um, and she was living in our local women's shelter. Single mom, two kids, Um, and in our women's shelter, you actually have to. There's things you have to do to continue to stay in a shelter. You have to, you know, you've got to be clean. You've got to be sober. You've got to be working. And she was doing all those things. Um, She had gone back to school. She'd gotten her degree. And now she had gotten a job working for Child Protective Services. I could tell immediately this woman had a heart for paying it forward because she was already going into work into the same systems that she had been a part of when she was little. She'd gotten back on her feet. And now she had bought her first duplex apartment and she was so excited. And according to the woman that had referred her, she said, but she has nothing to put in it. And it's funny because I felt like it was the perfect example of, you know, you get this blessing and you're like, oh my gosh, we've got this great thing and we should be so grateful. And yet it's still bittersweet because, you know, it's also a reminder of lack it's a reminder of all that you don't have. Um, and then the anxiety and of course the enemy coming in and with, well, what are you going to do? You know? And so she had a lot of, when I met her excitement, um, and, and she was so proud of this space, but I could tell she also had a lot of, um, anxiety and stress about, I don't know what to do with it now, you know? Um, so we, we really wanted, she had two kids. And I I said, do you want, where do you want us to focus? If we have limited funds, which we do, what would be the one area that you want the most? And like any wonderful mother, she said, my kids, my kids rooms. Mm -hmm. And at the time her son had a mattress on the floor and her daughter had a bed that was like, I don't know where they had gotten it, but it was way too big for the space. It was, you know, an inherited piece. Um, the sofas were run down, and then she herself was sleeping on a broken bed frame. And it was just, I mean, I, was, yeah. I had told my team, like, I want to do all of it. I want to do the whole house, you know? Yes. And so we shared that whole process on our Instagram, which was really cool. I think the people that donated to our foundation loved being able to see in real time how we were using their funds. Um, and then watching God come in and again, I'll try not to get so emotional about it, but, um, for example, the first thing we did was paint, right? So, uh, we go to paint the house and I come in and I hate the paint color. (laughs) and I'm like, oh no. And this is a friend of mine. He's a painter and he had already cut. Um, he was going to paint it for me at cost. So it was just the labor of his employee. That's all he was going to charge me and the, and the cost (laughs) of the paint. Um, And so I felt like I can't ask him to repaint it because he's already donating a large portion of this, but it wasn't good. And he said, Susie, like, we will make this right. Let's fix it. And and so what happened was, is we ended up mixing a bunch of paint cans together. We created this completely custom color and it was (laughs) stunning. And it's on her walls. And everyone's like, what is that color? Where can I get it? And I'm like, well, you can't. You actually can't get this color. Like it's 1000% custom to her, to the, to, mm-hmm. um, to the single mom. And I love that, Yeah, you know, and it's all yes. the metaphors there with like, out of a mistake can come something true. Like was God in there? Of course he was, you know? Yes. And um, the, another story I want to share, because I think it's important because I have no problem being vulnerable with my, <laughs> my own humanness and mistakes. Um, I got a little carried away. And so I wanted to get brand new everything, you know, and, um, there, she had a dining table and I didn't know this and I've learned so much just in this first project, but I got that dining room table out, was going to bring a new one in. And she said, um, Oh, I actually really love that dining table. It was hard for me because I thought, well, wait a second. It's not what I was designing in my head, you know? And, and she said, um, she had bought it with her own money. So I think there was a part of it that was very, like, there was ownership to it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was a piece that meant something. And she said, and I, and I need it because it seats so many people. And it was, it's a massive table. It seats. I was going to get her one that seats four. Well, She needed one that seated eight because she, being the woman that she is, the amazing woman that she is, she's always got other children over at her house. So I was thinking, okay, no problem. We'll take pictures with the, with the table I've picked out and then we'll swap it for the one that you want. And I really felt like God said, Susie, you need to keep that table in there. And it was such a humbling moment for me. Um, and sorry, I'm
0: <laughs> well, no, I, I hear that. I hear the the dilemma of being yeah. a designer and having an eye for wanting to create a beautiful space, and yet learning to learning that there is story there, very heavy Absolutely. presently Absolutely. in that in that space, and that needs to be valued.
1: And the whole and and it was kind of it was very good because I have said for the longest time what we're trying to do is honor the past. And breathe new life into the present to give people hope for the future. So this was honoring something of the past, you know, Mm -hmm. something that she wanted. And and so, of course, we kept it in there. I didn't take any pictures with a different table. And she sent me a photo later on text of about eight children around that table. And And we had changed the light fixture. And she said, I love our new light fixture. And in that moment, I felt like God was saying, like, there's a purpose to all of this, you know. And so it is such rewarding work for me that I almost feel like when we talk about it, like, I am the one that comes out on top in all of these projects because it's just so encouraging and uplifting. And I feel so blessed to meet all of these people and for God to speak
0: to me the way he does through these projects, that it's just such a blessing to me. So this is your first project with the 626 Foundation, but you alluded to discovering stories in every home you're working in with, with all of the individuals. Talk a little bit about how you um, incorporate design into the story that is a part of that space or that person that you're working with.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what we're doing, uh, literally, you know, from a very, um, we are taking to heart what they want. So for the little boy, you know, he, he loves Marvel comics and I want him to wake up every morning and be so excited about what he, the first thing he sees. So I don't want him to see all the things he's without. I want him to be excited about all the possibilities for his life. Um, and I love that he's into superheroes because how perfectly, you know, metaphorical is that? Um, And so we put superhero decals on the walls. Um, We got him a desk and we put vintage comics, DC comics on the shelves. Um, And he, he told his mom when he saw it, he said, is this, is this really mine? And is it mine for, Mm. for good? And I thought that was so telling, you know, because he was aware that like, this is a gift, but then in his mind, it's like, but for how long? Where, where does, where's the expiration date? And I, that just is heartbreaking to me, you know, and it's like, no, it's yours and it's yours for good. Um, and she really stressed the, like, you know, she moved around a lot as a child and she said, I want consistency for them and we're going to stay here for a long time. And I said, then you got it. You know, we're going to, we're going to design with that in mind of uh, longevity of, you know, making sure we're doing things that can transition as they get older. I got them, you know, a, a bed large enough to grow into things like that. And then for the little girl, um, my graphic designer who is so talented, she designed a custom unicorn rainbow graphic that we were made that we had printed into wallpaper. And so she has wallpaper on her room and she loves all things, unicorns and rainbows. And, uh, the mom said, when her friends come over, she goes, let me show you my room. You have to come see my room. And it's that same, like, it's a pride thing. You know, it's, it's so in a good way, there's um, ownership, you know, this is mine and I, and I love it. And I'm, and I'm, I want to show others and I want to spread the same joy. And it is just truly you would, I think about, you know, are we, frivolously decorating. No, we are decorating with intentionality and we are truly trying to give hope and elicit joy through these
0: projects. I love that this is such a a great picture of a fierce and lovely woman. So I think of this mother who is just fiercely doing what she needs to do yeah. to provide a better and different life for her children, and then creating such a space of um, life and beauty, making sure that table could seat as many kids as possible. Right. That's the both and of fierce and lovely that I just, I love. She's such a great illustration of that. So are you, but I don't want to put words into your mouth. Susie, how would you describe the fierce and lovely intersection of your own life? I think lovely to me is
1: the female, the empath, the compassion, the desire to pay it forward, um, to want to help. Um, I don't mean to make that a feminine thing, but to me it is, you know, it's, it's this beautiful nurturing. That's the word. It's a nurturing side that I think is so lovely. And so in my life, I see that as I, I, I truly love women, especially, but helping others and and trying to um, give them the same hope that I felt like got me out of my crummy situation. So I would say I resonate with the loveliness with the nurturing and the helping others, and then the fierceness to me um, is a boldness to say, you know, we God gave me this vision, and how many visions have I had if I look back on my life? And it's the Fierceness is the audacity and the courage to walk in obedience. What he's put in your heart, and I think it does take great courage to say, "I'm gonna let's do this." And I don't know, you know, even with this foundation, God is only lighting up the path right in front of us. I don't know how much, how many projects we're going to be able to take on. I don't know how long this can keep going, but that's not up to me. And it's blind faith, and I think there's great courage in walking a blind faith and that that's a fierceness that He's given us.
0: You've certainly taken um, what you called a crummy situation and just opened yourself up to where God was leading you. And you have taken numerous bold steps. And so I am sure that there is favor upon you and upon this organization. It's just so fun to hear about. And I know it's just beginning. You're you're gonna be filming this soon, and I, you know, we'll be able to see it for my listeners. Yes. Where can they find out more? And how could they help? What are maybe what are some, if I've got listeners who are business owners themselves, um, of things that could be helpful? What are you looking for specifically?
1: Um, we really are, you know, we're donation uh, funded. So financially, we would love donations at 626foundation.org. If you go to shopfromsusie.com, there is a 626 necklace that I love to give these women after we're done with our projects. Um, and I also give them to randoms that I meet um, because nothing <laughs> is random, right? And so you can, buy, <laughs> right. you can buy a 626 necklace, and proceeds will go to the foundation. Um, monetary donations are probably the m- most appreciated. And then if you did have um, um, connections to uh, furniture, we're not taking anything. Um, we don't, we, we don't have the space to house inventory, but if you, you know, if you were a business owner and you could donate a sofa or a bed or a mattress, absolutely. There's a place on our website where you can, um, connect with us in that way. Okay. So shop from com and 626foundation.org. All
0: right. Well, Susie, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing with us your story and your heart. Uh, It's been really inspiring and I know my listeners will appreciate it. Thank you. Thank
1: you so much, Beth.